much. <laughs> everybody, that, everybody, just shut this podcast off right there. That, that's just like that's a thunderous like fanfare. That's yeah. like if if we had a like a movie studio, that would be like the the twentieth century Fox fanfare for our movie studio logo. Oh my god. I don't know where this is going. I don't even know if that's getting picked up. It, oh, it got picked up. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Brad. Why are Why are you screaming and beating on the table before a five minute fight even starts? This is I'm I'm warming up. And who are you, Rachel Morgan? And what is it we, that we do? We talk here? about movies. I, I'm Corey. Who Kraft. are you? Um, this is Side Talks, a movie podcast where we're going to talk about movies. Let's do it. Worst intro ever. Bye. I mean, hi. I mean, we're. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one. Fight. Okay, I'm ready to fight. Let's fight. Can you start the clock, please, Brad? We're fighting about a movie called Take This Waltz, directed and written by Sarah Polly, starring your favorite person in the world, Michelle Williams. She's up there. Uh, this, is, this must be opposite day, because you don't like this movie, and I like this movie a lot. What the hell is going on? I, I, you mentioned this in our breakup movie episode uh-huh. um and i feel sad because i want to love michelle williams and everything she does and i usually do and so this must be a very powerfully bad film because i don't love this wow. this film is filled with idiocy what and i normally like idiocy like i'm one for for antics and stupidity but it's too much this thing is a little under two hours and it's 40 minutes too long mm. And mm. it goes on and on and on with mm. the married couple, which is played by Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen, just sort of fussing with each other. You know, I'm going to tap on your face. I'm going to it's a, it's like a brother sister kind of kind of annoyance relationship that, that they really hit over the head for way too long. And that's my biggest problem with this thing. I, I have not seen this movie in a little while. This right. movie is almost 10 years old, but I recall it being a pretty nuanced and non-judgmental look at what leads a person to to split up their marriage and, and commit an act of infidelity. The, the thrust of the movie is that she kind of falls for this other hot Canadian dude uh, and drifts away Who's from... the other hot Canadian I don't know, dude? The, Seth the, Rogen? No, no. <laughs> she drifts away from husband Seth Rogen toward this other hot Canadian dude. So just the hot dude. Yeah. Seth Rogen would not be in the hot dude no, category. No. Seth Rogen is the schlubby husband right. who's like likable, but there's no there's no spark there. And she feels the spark with this other guy. And it it's it's a examination of that sort of personality who like always has to have something thrilling, always has to have something new. And when the spark of the old romance has faded, finds themselves dissatisfied huh. with life. That's not how I read this at all. I think that, that what you just described is, is an interesting film, and I think that you can put that context on it. But this feels a lot more like I'm in this relationship in which I'm not really sure what's wrong with them. There's something wrong with both of them. But, there, but, but I think that's the point of the film is that there's nothing really wrong here. There is it's definitely just, something wrong. You know, th- there's, there's that scene <laughs> in the sauna with Michelle Williams surrounded by all the naked women and Sarah Silverman yeah. where they basically have the conversation that spells out the theme of the movie. You just tried to win this by telling everybody, including Sam, who hasn't seen the film, that Sarah Silverman and Michelle Williams are in a shower in a naked scene. I'm not going to let you win that way. I'm just going to tell <laughs> I, you. I wasn't even approaching it from that <laughs> angle. I'm just saying that like thematically, that scene spells everything out. 
No, I think I didn't read the film quite that way. Mm. I read the film as, you know, she's fairly happily married, even though it has certainly hit a lull, like like I assume most heteronormative marriages do, probably all marriages for that matter. They hit a sort of lulls here and there. And she's hit a lull and an attractive Canadian comes along and, and catches her eye. And I don't think she's necessarily normally taken by stuff. As a matter of fact, I think she hangs in there longer than a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. But But more than any of that, which regardless of what this film is actually, you know, sort of about. Let me spell out a couple of things really quickly okay, that please. really annoy me. And that is um, the love interest, the Canadian hot man, and I'm putting hot in quotes because I didn't find him equally attractive. To oh, no, Williams, no way, but, really? Um, I, I don't know what men, I don't know anything <laughs> about that, Charlie. I mean, Corey, I, I don't, that's how much I don't know men is I just called you Charlie. Um, <laughs> we all look the same to you, don't we? Exactly, totally. Um, and this Canadian did look like probably what most people would think is handsome. Um, okay, so, but let me just say this. The love interest, the mm-hmm. hot Canadian man, is a rickshaw driver. And uh, the husband writes chicken cookbooks. Yeah. Only chicken. Only chicken. These are the kind of details that are in this film that are woven throughout this film that just annoy the shit out of me. There, there are little notes of whimsy like that that don't quite land. This film tries to be whimsical. It tries to be fun. It tries to be funny. And it's trying way too hard and not working. And so even the inciting incident, which is, I don't know why we had to go there in a film that's almost two hours, that she meets this gentleman while she's on a trip out of town. And then they end up sitting next to each other on the plane. And then lo and behold, they live down the street from one another. I just am already like implausible, implausible, implausible. And why? Why? Why can't she just run into this rickshaw driver one day when she's walking down the street? It all seems like too much work with not enough payoff. The payoff, though, to me is what I remember 10 years after seeing this movie for the first time. The payoff, which I found you know, pretty emotionally effective by the end of the movie. Um, wow, really? I mean, that that's what stuck with me. Not the details of whimsy, not the sort of contrivances that you speak of. I'm sure those are there, but they, they, they don't bother me and remove 10 years from the movie. They're... <laughs> I mean, the whole film is just structured on these sort of stupid details yeah. and the poking at each other's faces all the time and the pouring the water in the shower, which all, it's just stupid. I know the timer went off, but there is a nice shot of, of Michelle Williams during magic hour mm-hmm. where she's riding in the back of the rickshaw <laughs> and she looks really gorgeous. And I like that moment. That was, that was good. Okay. Um, so honestly, I did not even know this movie even existed <laughs> and I'm still honestly not really convinced because the poster and everything about it makes it look and sound like a 30 rock production. Like it should be <laughs> Michelle Williams and Tracy Jordan instead so of Seth Rogen. Um, and yeah, just the plot and the number of times rickshaws mentioned in the Wikipedia page just make it seem like a perfect fit for like a lifetime bad movie marathon. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Rachel. Rachel wins a lot on this one. A lot! A lot! <laughs> like a million points. I'm just going to say I think this is bullshit. <laughs> because I, I think I at least deserve some credit for articulating the movie's themes very nicely yeah, here. But you weren't even right about the I theme. certainly fucking was! Corey, I mean, you have not seen this film in 10 years. Well, my memory of it is really good. All right. <laughs> I won. You could take that victory. You're going to win the next one, too. And I'm just like, don't be so mean to Jennifer Garner. <laughs> and now, fast film terms. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's it, that, that that must be uh, the sound of a fast film term moving very fast. It's the sound of a film term moving through the studio here at Boutwell super quickly. Slow it down. We need to know what these film terms fast are. Fast film terms. All right. Speed it up a little bit. Fast film terms. What are some fast film terms that I need to know? What's a fourth wall? This is one that most people know, but let's go ahead and just button it up. The fourth wall is uh, sort of the imaginary wall that exists between the you know the the action and the audience and and you hear this term most commonly when people talk about breaking the fourth wall which right. is when uh, a character looks straight down the camera lens or directly addresses the audience one of the things you hate a lot about Ferris Bueller's day off um yeah it's really more of a sitcom contrivance these yeah. days um but but yeah i really don't like it in Ferris Bueller's day off Okay, well, that's another five-minute fight, or have we had that one? I don't remember. I don't remember, but it's not a good movie. I don't understand what uh, people think Sam, it is. Sam, can you take a note, please? I think we might have argued about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and we just, both of us are, you know, getting up there in the years you, and yeah. have, li- or have lived through COVID or living through COVID and don't <laughs> My mind anything. is starting to go, so I can't remember if I've uh, mentioned that that movie is smug and, and uh, oh, shut up. champions Reaganism and all that stuff. So. Let's focus on the terms. Okay, well, let's hear some more terms. Um, here's a strange genre. Tech noir. Do you know what that is? Have you ex- I'm uh, sure well, you've experienced many of these films. Uh, that brings to mind like uh, cyberpunk or something like that. The William Gibson stuff. Um, yeah. Well, cyberpunk actually strangely has its own subgenre. Yeah. This is get- getting very nichey. Niche, niche. How do you say it, English professor? Uh, niche. Bo- bo- I- I've way. heard both ways. So this does fall under sci-fi though. Uh-huh. Um, and it is similar to sort of dystopian sci-fi, but specifically defined by technology as being the main source behind the struggle within humanity and the sort of maybe even a partial downward dive of humanity that technology is to blame. And that's what causes something to fit into the tech noir genre. So our favorite movie, iRobot, starring Will Smith, is is an example of tech noir. Yeah. And that's fast film terms. You had to bring Will Smith into it. Great, great man. Great actor. Everybody loves him. Thanks for listening to Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Thomas and Thomas. Thomas and Thomas. The Lighthouse. Oh, the light. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Thank you to Batwell Studios. I'm going to be all insecure about my cooking. Um, gosh, I, I just started thinking about The Lighthouse and my mind went blank. Uh, check us out. Uh, sidewalk. Uh, what is it? Sidewalkfest.com. I should do the rest of this voice in like a booming Willem Dafoe impression. I think we should do an entire just one off segment where we just talk like we're in the lighthouse. That's um, to come. Our, uh, I, I don't know. Watch out for that uh, one. Sidewalkfest.com at Sidewalk Film on social media uh, where you can find uh, news about all of our antics. And thanks for listening. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.